Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com, and by Ocean State Bird Club, delighted to sponsor Ray Brown's Talking Birds. This October, if you hear ravens in your neighborhood croaking nevermore, it's time to get out of the house. And the best place to go is on one of Ocean State Bird Club's terrific free walks. Find us on Facebook and online at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show. We're not sure what number it is yet because uh, we're having a little bit of a... Uh, a little challenge here in the technical side. Just seven hundred and fifty. We just have to figure out which headphones to put on, well, then we can hear. I think, th- th- I think this is the one, yeah. Tim. Yeah. Hello. No, hello. Hello. Anything there? But uh, there are lots of headphones here, so I'm sure we can find one that works. In any case, welcome, welcome to our show, uh, number seven hundred and fifty. Wow! Look at that—a round number. Well, no doubt this week's biggest mainstream news story about birds concerned the tragic Chimney Swift mass crash event at a place ironically associated with a lot of crashes, the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina. NASCAR is the acronym for National Association for Stock Car Racing. Well, on Tuesday about dusk, probably right after the birds had entered an area chimney to roost for the night, resting from their day-flying southward migration. Something apparently upset or frightened them, causing them to blast out of their roosting spots and fly right into the huge plate glass windows of the NASCAR Hall of Fame building, resulting in the death of about a hundred birds and injury to a couple hundred more. Rehabbers are having some success, saving some of the chimney swifts, but many will not fly again. We have more details on those rehab efforts uh, right now on our TalkingBirds.com website. A spokesman, meanwhile, for the NASCAR Hall of Fame says that they are willing to evaluate potential adjustments that they hope would mitigate future occurrences. And they said that following the conclusion of events at the hall, they will reduce lighting to what they describe as a minimal level. That would be the sound of our mystery bird. And this, a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along just a little bit later on in the show this morning. Our mystery bird is described this way, a medium-sized raptor with a gray-brown body, a rust-colored facial disc, a white patch beneath the bill, and long ear tufts. Our bird is found in temperate forests over most of the U.S. and Canada, where it roosts and nests in trees by day and hunts in open areas by night. It's widespread and relatively common in its range, but rarely seen. That's a couple of clues there in the sound of our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes today include the Droll Yankees' cute feeder. Not only beautiful, but also cute. And it's a beautiful feeder that has even a height-adjustable dome, so you can kind of control the size of the birds coming to your feeder. Bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. 
That's on our mystery bird contest coming along just a little bit later on in um, this morning's show. Extra, extra, read all about it. Some of the stories and videos we have for you right now on our Talking Birds website, TalkingBirds.com, and on our Facebook page. Why we need birds more than they need us. We have the explanation from BirdLife International. Looking for an excuse to avoid raking leaves in your yard? We can help by linking you to a piece from the National Wildlife Federation, which offers some really good reasons to leave your rake in the garage. That's both on our Facebook page and on our website. And are you ready to give up your state bird? We'll connect you to a New York Times article that suggests you may need a new one soon as climate change forces birds out of their traditional homes as the world gets warmer. That's some of what we have for you on our Facebook page and website right now. Don't forget you can find those stories too through an online search. Meanwhile, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to some more new Talking Birds ambassadors, folks who are helping to spread the word about Talking Birds and about birds and conservation. And thank you to Karen Donnelly from Arlington, Texas. She'll be spreading the word to her fellow members of the Fort Worth Audubon Society. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Karen. And thank you to Michael Christopher from Barnstable, Massachusetts, on beautiful Cape Cod. Thank you, Michael, for becoming an ambassador, and thanks for your kind comments about the show. And thank you to Valerie from Verona, New Jersey. She says, I'll be happy to help in any way I can. She's been reading about birds for years and finally got around to checking out our website. So thank you, Valerie. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family along with Michael and Karen and Valerie by allowing us to send you some of our little info cards for you to hand out at your convenience to friends and neighbors and fellow birders. To join the family, just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the Get Involved button right at the top of the page there and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk with our friend J.D. Bergeron out in the Bay Area of uh, San Francisco, Oakland area. He's the director of International Bird Rescue. And earlier this year, he traveled to Midway Atoll out in the North Pacific, counting albatrosses. We'll talk to J.D. on our show. And we'll talk to Mike O'Connor, who has some uh, interesting bird names to share with us this morning on Let's Ask Mike Live And up next, it's a crow that isn't a crow. It's today's featured feathered friend, though, presented by Birdwatching Magazine for more than a quarter century. Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. There are several species of crows in North America. There's the American crow, the fish crow, the Northwestern crow. Down in the southern tip of Texas, the Tamaulipas crow. And then there's the bird some call the blue crow. Although it's not a crow at all. It is part of the corvid family, whose members include crows, ravens, magpies, nutcrackers, and jays. And the one called the blue crow is part of that last group. It's the pinion jay. A bluish-gray bird with deeper blue head coloring and a whitish throat 
with a black bill and black legs and feet. It's a robin-sized bird, a little smaller than a blue jay, and it has no crest on its head. The pinion jay is a bird of the west, along the coast from central Oregon to northern Baja, California, and eastward to western Oklahoma. It lives in foothills where pinion pines occur, feeding on the ground and in dead fallen trees for seeds and insects, in the crevices of live trees for cached pinion seeds, and in the canopy, breaking open pinion and ponderosa pine cones for their seeds. The pinion jay is the only member of its genus, Gymnorhinus, which means bare nostrils, referring to the fact that, unlike its close relatives, it doesn't have feathers at the base of its bill. That bare bill characteristic allows the pinion jay to probe deep into pitch-covered pine cones without risking any feather fouling. Though not on the level of their relatives, the Clark's nutcrackers, pinion jays have a pretty good memory for where they've stored seeds, and mated pairs appear to coordinate their food hiding so that the locations are known to each other. Pinion jays tend to live in large flocks of up to 500 birds and are often known to spend their entire lives in the same flock that they joined at birth. Gymnorhinus cyanocephalus, the pinion jay. Today's Talking Birds featured Feathered Friend. Welcome again to our show number 750. That's a lot. We hope you'll visit our website. We have a brand new website, same address, but it's kind of really spiffed up. We have some beautiful Very pictures. spiffy, very yes. spiffy. Tim Tim agrees with that. That's at TalkingBirds.com. And please do follow us on Facebook and Twitter and our newly reactivated Instagram account at TalkingBirds. Well, Midway Atoll in the northwestern Hawaiian Islands hosts the largest albatross colony in the world, serving as the most important breeding ground for laysan and black-footed albatrosses, along with a few short-tailed albatrosses. It's also the home of Wisdom, the famous laysan albatross that ranks as the oldest known wild bird in the world, believed to be at least 68 years old. She was first banded on Midway in 1956. And this past January, our guest today uh, took part in an albatross counting effort on Midway. He's J.D. Bergeron, Executive Director of California-based International Bird Rescue. And he joins us on the phone from the Bay Area right now. Good morning, J.D. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. Do I have everything right in that intro, or you want to change anything there? No, you had it exactly right, uh, and Wisdom is the oldest known uh, banded bird in the 100-year-or-so uh, history of the bird banding lab, so it uh, has a very special role in the world. Well, I'll ask you about Wisdom in a moment, but tell us, J.D., first, if you would, tell us more about Midway Atoll and also why you went there to count the Laysan albatrosses. Yeah, so, so most folks, uh, if they know anything about Midway, they know about the famous battle in World War II, for which there'll be a movie coming out in a week or two. Hmm. Uh, but uh, a lot of folks don't realize it is also a really critical nesting habitat. And every year for the last 20 or 25 years, there has been a count to see how many viable nests. So we weren't counting birds. We were actually counting 
parents on an egg that was a viable egg. So uh, it, it ended up being a, a really big number, which hopefully I'll get to say while I'm still on the call. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, there are lots of threats uh, to albatrosses, um, certainly um, predators there on Midway Atoll and other things like plastic floating in the ocean becoming a bigger and bigger problem all the time. What are the biggest threats uh, right now? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, fortunately, people are, are now more aware than ever of uh, single-use plastic and plastic in general, that it, it just doesn't go away. And Midway Atoll is a particularly bad spot. Uh, the ocean washes it up, um, as well as uh, because it floats, um, uh, fish like flying fish lay their eggs on it, and that's one of the reasons uh, that um, albatrosses pick it up. Uh, they do not go fishing like a lot of seabirds. They actually grab uh, things floating like jellyfish and, and fish eggs from the top of the water. Um, so in addition to bringing that plastic back and feeding it to their chicks, uh, there's also challenges from global warming as the ocean levels rise. Uh, unfortunately, um, at current rates, those islands will not exist forever. Uh, also, uh, invasive species, um, the, some folks are uh, aware of this um, very horrible Halloween-themed concept of vampiric mice, uh, mice that uh, probably due to lack of food in a drought uh, actually started feeding on adult albatrosses, which uh, did not evolve to resist uh, predators of any sort. So really uh, tragic um, tragic outcomes for these poor birds. Well, how, how, how are they doing? What, what are, getting to those numbers, uh, J.D., uh, with all those challenges that they face, how are they doing? You know, it, because uh, albatrosses don't nest every year, in fact, uh, a juvenile or a, a hatchling, uh, once it, it uh, finally is able to fly and fledges and leaves the island, it may not come back for five or six years. So it's not a steady rate. Um, this year there were over... Uh, 594,000 viable Lazan albatross nests. Hmm. Um, that's a good number, uh, but obviously uh, still quite concerning. Um, there are lots of things that can go wrong very, very rapidly. Uh, and uh, this is a very intensive species for raising their young. It takes two healthy adults hunting around the clock, uh, sometimes flying as far as a thousand miles or more mm. to bring food back, uh, which leads to one of the key challenges, which is overfishing. Unavailability of their usual prey um, can make it very difficult for them to succeed at raising a chick. Well, getting back to wisdom, not only the uh, oldest uh, banded living bird in the world, and probably the oldest living bird, we would would think. Uh, you can correct me on that if uh, if necessary. But uh, uh, this bird is just the most famous bird in the world as well. I wonder what it's like to visit her. Do you have to have an audience granted to approach her How do, uh, or a ticket? How does that work? Yeah, we, we were there were eighteen volunteers in my group, and we were um, made it, it was made clear where she was, and we were invited not to go in any closer. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't want to disturb a 68-year-old mom. She's probably somewhere around her 40th chick, and she did, in fact, have a chick this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, so, so you could see her from a distance, and even uh, those of us who got to do that patch of, uh, of the island where she was 
um, weren't told the day that it was happening. So uh, even the counter who walked right by her wasn't aware that he did so. Sounds like a smart uh, technique for, for protecting wisdom. I wish we had time to talk about some other subjects we had uh, thought of talking about today, but we'll give a little preview, uh, J.D., for a future visit. One of them is about third graders in Oakland, California, starting a petition to make the black-crowned night heron the official bird of the city of Oakland. And then there's a big effort underway to rescue abandoned lesser flamingo chicks in South Africa. So, uh, J.D., we hope you'll come back on with us again soon to talk about those things, too. I would be glad to. Meanwhile, we'd like to invite folks to visit your website to learn about uh, all the great work you're doing. And uh, for folks in the Bay Area uh, who are listening to us live today, or at least tomorrow, to get info on the Night Heron Masquerade event uh, you'll be hosting, that's on October 26th? That's right. Uh, Tickets are still on sale until Monday at midnight. Uh, That can be found at birdrescue.org slash event, E-V-E-N-T, and we'd love to see you there. Birdrescue.org slash event. That's it. Got it. (laughs) J.D., thank you so much, and keep up the great work. Thank you, Ray. Take care. Coming up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Hello, I'm Ed Begley, Jr., and wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life. That's why you shudder each time you see woods, marshes, meadows, or grasslands being destroyed. You know that countless birds and other wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. Among the growing number of threats to wildlife, habitat loss is the most devastating. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution, working with private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home, ensuring that it stays forever wild. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. That's the sound of our mystery bird. This is our mystery bird contest, and we invite you to call in and tell us what that bird is or take a guess. A unique feature of our contest is that you may not have to get the right answer in order to win if uh, somebody else doesn't uh, get the right answer. So take a guess or tell us definitively what this bird is. The number is 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized raptor with a gray-brown body a rust-colored facial disc, a white patch beneath the bill, and long ear tufts. No, that is not Tim making those sounds. sounds. like a kitten. It's not a kitten, but that's a, <laughs> that's a good guess, Tim. <laughs> Thank you. Our bird is found in temperate forests over most of the U.S. and Canada, where it roosts and nests in trees by day and hunts in open areas by night. It's widespread and relatively common on its range, but is rarely seen. I'll give a clue here with some nicknames, and I'm going to say the word blank, where part of the name would be. Our mystery bird's nicknames include the brush blank, the cat blank, the pussy blank, and the lesser horned blank. All right. Anyway, those are some clues there. The Droll Yankees cute This is a match game, right? (laughs) No? Okay. Just checking. 
The Droll Yankees Cute Feeder. Beautiful little feeder with a height-adjustable dome that holds sunflower seeds, mixed seed, fruit, or mealworms in the uh, entire amount of... Um, let's see, how much? Uh, I have it here somewhere. It's quite a lot, anyway. Plus, a download uh, to the iOS or a download to the LockWire app or the um, iOS uh, app. Either one. In other words, if you have an iPhone, you get the uh, one for the iOS device. Or if you don't have an online, I don't have an iPhone, you can get the online device. I'm sure you know what I meant there, Tim. 781-837-4900. Yes, I did. Loud is, and clear. Thank you very yeah. much. 781-837-4900 is the number for our Mystery Bird contest. Meanwhile, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor. He's there at the legendary Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. For the birds, and we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about our show and about birds in conservation. My name is Pam Mansfield, and I'm calling from Gloucester, Massachusetts. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because I found the Talking Birds show to be very entertaining, and I think it enriches anyone's enjoyment of birds. I think all Talking Birds listeners should become ambassadors because we can share our love of birds and help make a difference in bird conservation. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. It's easy to do. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkinBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. Shortly, we'll be saying thanks to Mike O'Connor because he's on the line with us there, we hope, from uh, the legendary Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Tim is nodding. That means he must be there. Good morning, Mike. Oh, Tim tracked me down. Yep, I'm here. He, f- he found you. I got his number. Yeah, <laughs> Tim the sleuth. <laughs> So, Mike, I understand that uh, you've been collecting some unusual bird names. Do I have that uh, right that you'd like to regale us with? Yeah, well, I think everybody has uh, yeah. bird names that they can kind of find funny. And some guy wrote into me, he uh, he likes the limkin, which is a you know southern kind of heron kind of bird. Yeah. Um, and uh, he thought that was a funny name, and uh, and he wanted to know what I thought. You know, people always want to know what I think, right? And yeah. so. Um, the limpkin actually gets its name from the way it walks. It does have a bit of a limp, at least in some people's eyes, so they call it the limpkin. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Write this stuff down. I am writing it down. Limping limpkin. Got it. Okay. Handsome <laughs> and limp. Got it. So I did. A, I was writing a column, and I, I came up with some things that I thought were funny. Um, I didn't include any, like, double entendre names, because that just seems, you know, that's too easy. You know, tip mice, everybody would. Yeah. Giggle over that, but we're not doing that. Okay, you, you have a sophisticated show, so we're not doing. Of that. course, yeah, we we don't go that that low or anything. And, yeah. and I think the old comedians back in the Henny Youngman days would all, you know, the go-to funny name bird was the yellow-bellied sapsucker. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, birds don't find that funny. They just find <laughs> it as a cool bird. So I went through some lists. I think his friend Freya would like these because they're from Australia. There's the tawny frogmouth, which, you know, yeah. conjures up all kinds of impressions. But it's a night-flying bird that grabs insects with their ginormous mouth. Yeah, that's a, a weird-looking bird. It is kind of a weird-looking yeah, bird. Weird name and a weird-looking bird. <laughs> they, uh, I think your friend David Clapp mentioned the great Galway bird from Africa oh, when Africa. he was there. Yeah. Kind of, you know, I listened to the call a couple of times. I didn't really get it. Um, 
didn't sound like go away to me, but you know, if anybody knows the word, you know, his go away a lot, it would be David Clapp. So it's probably... <laughs> David, are you listening? He'll be calling in shortly. With a re- this is the oxymoronic uh, greater peewee, which seems like a little contradiction in terms. Uh, Indonesia has the invisible rail. Apparently they can, you know, all rails are tough to find, but this mm, one is extremely really hard, hard to find. Yeah. And the snoring rail. Um, you could, but maybe my you favorite could, bird yeah. in... Uh, is is from the tropics of South America, and it's called the screaming peahaw. Ooh, yeah! I don't want to get too close. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a crazy bird. Actually, it's kind of a bland, kind of a mockingbird, catbird kind of a thing. Hmm. But they get on these legs, and they have these little adorable, almost like pigeon coos they give before. While they're where they're giving you a mating call, just coo coo. But then they erupt with this harsh, raspy scream. And if you see pictures online, it looks like the bird's going to explode almost. Their mouth gets wide open and they shrink down. And I'm going to attempt to play one um, for you, yeah. but you might end up. You know, you know how the computer works nowadays. Every time you try to play something, yeah. it turns into a Geico ad or something. So. <laughs> So we're going to try to play one, okay. and then you, you might hear it, you might know, you right. never know, but, he, but here you go, right. stand by. Yeah. Oh my God, did you hear that? I heard it, yeah. You heard it, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did, yeah. That was great. Wild, yeah. What was the name of that bird again? It's called the Screaming Peahaw. The Screaming Peahaw. Wow, that is... Peahaw, is... I think, is kind of a kind of a indigenous name mm-hmm. meaning, you know, something. But there you go. So put that on your list of crazy birds to see. Screaming Peahaw from South America. All right. And if you want to find that invisible rail, you might uh, you might use the masked booby. He could uh, <laughs> probably sneak up on it there. Sneak right up on it. There you go. Thank you, Mike. Okay, talk, talk to you, you next later. week. All right, Mike O'Connor there at the Birdwatchers General Store in Cape Cod. The September-October issue of Birdwatching Magazine is now available at Barnes & Noble and other newsstands. It features a story about the uncertain future of the whooping crane, tips for photographing birds that fly fast, and a guide to fall and winter birding festivals. Plus, Ken Kaufman describes how to identify wandering tattler. David Sibley provides a closer look at crows and much more. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. We're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest is where we are here. That's our mystery bird. That's almost as good as the screaming uh, peahaw. Almost. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized raptor with a gray-brown body, a rust-colored facial disc, a white patch beneath the bill, and long ear tufts. 781-837-4900 is the number to call, and we'll go our... I think first to Beth in Plimpton, Massachusetts. Good morning, Beth. Morning. Good morning, Beth. Oh, we have a terrible phone line there, but what's your guess, Beth? Uh, Eastern Screech Owl. Eastern Screech Owl, Tim. Sounds like that might not have been it. (laughs) But she'll be in the drawing if we don't have a right uh, winner. That's right, yeah. Thank you so much, Beth. Have a great day. All right, thank you so much. Uh, Let's get a better phone line here this time, and we're going to, uh, let's see, Brooks. I believe it is, in Cape Elizabeth, Maine. Good morning, Brooks. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. I, I think this may be our first call from Cape Elizabeth. I can't be sure about that unless you've called in before. Have you? Nope. This is my first time caller. I am a, um, an ambassador. I've been one for about uh, half a year now, though. Well, thank you so much for that. And um, 
We hope you we can return the favor by uh, awarding you some prizes. Uh, Excellent. That is to say, if you are successful in identifying our mystery bird, what would you uh, what would you say it is? My guess is the long-eared owl. Long-eared owl, Tim. Yes, correct. Correct is right. Right is right. Cool. Nice and, job. And we've never, my wife and I have never seen one, but we have heard one in the Azores. That's the only time I've ever mm. heard one. Well, so, I think you're going to start exciting. seeing them now. I just have a feeling. Oh, good, good. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, uh, thank you, Brooks, and stay on the line, and we'll get your address. Oh, we already have your address since you are an ambassador, so uh, talk to Tim anyway, just in case. Great, thank you. Thank you, Brooks. Correctly identifying the long-eared owl as our mystery bird. Can't believe it, we're just about out of time for our show today. When you think about birds that are getting clobbered and seeing their numbers decline due to habitat loss and other causes... The first group you might think of is grassland birds. On next week's show, we'll find out some of the reasons for their deep decline and some possible solutions when we talk with Marshall Johnson, director of Audubon, Dakota. That's next week, right here in Talking Birds. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and our producing engineer, Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com, and by Ocean State Bird Club, delighted to sponsor Ray Brown's Talking Birds. This October, if you hear ravens in your neighborhood croaking nevermore, it's time to get out of the house. And the best place to go is on one of Ocean State Bird Club's terrific free walks. Find us on Facebook and online at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org. Ocean State Bird Club. Yeah.